prophet come after I'm gone that was Jesus Jesus is called the bright and morning star all through the Old Testament and Isaiah saying to Ahaz one day the Lord himself will give a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel Matthew centuries later picking that verse up said yes that was talking about Jesus Emmanuel God with us still later Isaiah wrote the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light just as if it had already happened they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined that was Jesus the light of the world and then he said for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the Prince of Peace that was Jesus the Messiah the Prince and then Isaiah wrote he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one his own way and the Lord hath laid on him Jesus the iniquity of us all yes all the Old Testament prophets peered down the centuries and looked down the corridor of the years to the coming of the Messiah Jesus Daniel the prophet wrote more concerning the Prince and the Messiah who was to come and he told the exact time he would come you remember that Daniel lived in Persia and Babylon he was carried away to Babylon in the 586 BC carrying away when the Babylonians came down surrounded the city of Jerusalem besieged it for two years and the people inside began to eat their own little babies because there was such famine and somehow Daniel was taken along with Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and they went over to Babylon and there king decided to fatten them up and make them look like all the other astrologers and wise men of their day but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself he was in Rome but he didn't have to do as Rome did he was in Bowling Green but he didn't have to do as Bowling Green did he was in Babylon but he didn't have to do as Babylon did not all the water in the world can sink a ship unless it gets inside and in our day, not all the tyranny, not all the carelessness, not all the worldliness can defeat a Christian unless we let it get inside of us. And down in Babylon, Daniel tr stood true to the Lord. And he stood against the evils of his day. He stood against whiskey and wine and gin. And I think if Daniel had been living in Bowling Green, he would avoid going to restaurants that sell liquor. I've never understood why. God's people have to go and give their money to restaurants that sell liquor when they're wonderful, wonderful restaurants in Bowling Green that don't sell it at all. Daniel preached about the coming of the Messiah. He preached about Jesus. He told the exact time he would appear according to the 70 weeks prophecy in Daniel 9, 10, and 11. They didn't understand but it caused the people to begin to study and there were some wise men you remember the king wanted Daniel to become one of the wise men of Babylon there were some wise men that studied and I think they studied some of the scriptures that Daniel had written and they studied the stars 
And one day as they were studying the stars, they saw an unusual star. Behold, a star shall rise in Israel. You remember that prophecy? And those wise men over in Persia or Babylon said, Hey, that's a strange star. Let's follow it. It says something to my heart. They did not understand all they were looking for, but they knew somehow in their heart that that was announcing the birth of the king of the Jews. They came to Jerusalem. Where is he that is born king, king of the Jews? Herod said, I don't know anything about king of the Jews. And he veiled his disgust a little bit so the wise men wouldn't get suspicious. Went back and called the scribes and said, get in there and study the Bible a little bit and find out where it is he's supposed to be born. And they took a little while and the scribes came up with Micah, that passage that says, but thou Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth to me who's to be born ruler in Israel. And they came back and said, well, King Herod, he's to be born in Bethlehem. You go tell the wise men that. And so Herod went out and said, well, I know where he's to be born. He's down here in Bethlehem. And you go find out where it is and come and tell me so I can go worship him too. What a liar he was. And the wise men discreetly went down to Bethlehem. And the star which they saw went before them until it went and stood over the place where the young child was. No longer a baby in a manger. A young child now. No longer in a cave or a trough or a barn, but in a house. And they brought to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gift of gold for a king. The gift of frankincense for a priest. The gift of myrrh as an anointing for burial because Jesus was born to die. And on the night Jesus was born, the shepherds were out in the fields keeping their watch, just doing the ordinary thing. They did it every night. Night after night after night. There was nothing unusual about this night. They'd done it every night. And all of a sudden, there was an angel that appeared. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then the angels went away. And the shepherds said one to another, what is this thing that has happened? We don't understand it. Let's go to Bethlehem and see. And they went down to Bethlehem. And there they found the little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes just as the angel had said. And they went out and told everybody. Now this is Jesus. But he didn't begin in Bethlehem. He didn't begin in Nazareth when the word became flesh. John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God without him was not anything made that was made indicating that the word was there and was co-equal with God in creating the world and making everything that was made the land the seas the stars the moon the sun and then he said the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father. 
That's Jesus. There are about 30 years that are called silent years. We know a little bit about the 12th year when he went to the temple. But other than that, we know very little. And then he just appears on the banks of the Jordan River. And John the Baptist is preaching, as only John can preach. I think John and Amos were a lot alike. They just preached it like it was. They didn't have all the finery of the eloquence. I doubt if they'd ever been to the seminary. They probably didn't finish college. They were just out there preaching what God had told them to preach. And all of a sudden, John saw this man coming down the Jordan, and he said, look, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, that's Jesus. The Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, there was a lamb offered for, as a sin substitute for, for sin, as a blood offering for sin. And John says, that's, that's the Lamb of God. That's not the little lamb you're going to buy over here at the temple, but that's God's Lamb who will take away the sins of the world. And then Jesus in his public ministry touched blind eyes and caused them to see, interrupted funeral processions, raised dead people to life, touched lame limbs and caused them to walk again. The tide of popular opinion turned against him. They led him to Calvary man of sorrows what a name hallelujah what a savior there's Jesus the lamb of God the wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace Emmanuel God with us Shiloh the star nailed to a cross why what well, wasn't the Roman soldiers or well, they were the instruments that did it it wasn't the Jews in Jerusalem, though they consented to it, said, let his blood be on us and on our children. My friend, it was my sins and your sins that put Jesus on the cross. It was sin, S-I-N. The middle letter of that word is I. The awfulness of sin, the tragedy of sin. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Jesus died on a cross for our sins. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants to save whosoever will. You know, so many times we remember the Christmas story and we worship, almost worship the little baby in the manger. I like the manger scenes that don't have any you can't really see the baby there. You just see a light because Jesus is the light. I've never seen a doll or any figure that ever looked like Jesus. But I've seen a manger scene with a dark light in it, with a black light in it, giving radiance and light that comes out of it. And, and that reminds me, that's Jesus there. And he is the light of the world. Sometimes we just get all hooked up on the manger scene and we forget the cross. That's the reason the choir, in presenting this wonderful story the other night, presented the cross. Because without the cross, Christmas is meaningless. Without the cross, Christ is emasculated. He means nothing to us. He came to die. He didn't just come to be born. 
He didn't just come for the wise men. He didn't come just for the shepherds. He didn't come just to feed the 5,000. He didn't come just to heal the Syrophoenician woman. He didn't come just to raise Lazarus from the dead. He came to die. He came to die for you and for me in our place. We should have been crucified. I am not worthy the least of his mercies. But Jesus paid it all. And he was dead. Three days later, he was, he was up from the grave. He was alive. And a little while later, he ascended into heaven. He said, it is expedient for you that I go into heaven, for if I don't go, he will not come. That is the Spirit. But when I go, I will send the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit. And beloved, since the day Jesus ascended into heaven, Everyone who has ever believed upon him, everyone who has ever received him as Savior has received his spirit, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of God. The spirit that lives inside of you is God's spirit. That's the reason he wants holiness in our lives. And when we miss the standard, when we mess up, when we're not holy like we ought to be, then we need to make another beeline straight to the cross and say, Lord, cleanse me again and again and again. I want to be filled with thy precious Holy Spirit. All hail the power of Jesus' name. But that's not the end of the story. As he went into heaven, there were some angels that stood there, and those, those Christians, those early disciples, looked up there, and they just kept looking. And the angels said, why do you keep looking into heaven? The same Jesus whom you've seen go into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. He's coming again. Jesus is coming again. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be this week sometime. I do not know the hour or the day, but Jesus is coming again. And that wonderful, blessed hope abides in the heart of every believer. That's the reason we would join together today to say, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Jesus is the name that bids our sorrows cease and that binds up the broken heart and cleanses us from sin. Is he a wonderful Savior to you? Have you trusted him? Do you know him? Why not invite him into your heart today? Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. With our heads bowed and hearts bowed before God for just a moment. Do you really know the Lord? How well do you know him? Do you know him enough to just say, Lord, I, I want to trust you. Live or die sink or swim, heaven or hell, I want to trust you. I love you. I will give my heart to you. And Lord, if I've already given my heart to you, I want my life to be in your hand. And I will love you more. More holiness give me, Lord. Fill me with God's holiness. And Lord, help it never be a shibboleth in our lives about holiness. Maybe we have a hankering in our hearts for the holiness of God. May we bear that that badge in honor that we are holy unto the Lord because God lives inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, please. What's the page? 334. 334. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. Just as I am friend that's the only way you can come to Jesus just as we are we can't get better first we can't clean up our own lives 
There's not a thing we can do to make ourselves worthy to come to Christ. We just have to come like we are and say, Lord, I'm destitute. I'm a sinner. I need you. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply thy cross I claim. Would you come that way today? Just come and trust him as your Savior. If you've already been saved, is there someone here that needs to walk closer to him? And needs to say, Lord, more holiness give me. I want the Holy Ghost to abide in my life and to have full charge of my life, whatever that means. Some people are a little bit afraid to go deeper with God. Just afraid of it. Don't be afraid. The message of the angels was, fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David our deliverer, Savior, Jesus. Let him be that to you. While we sing, is there someone that ought to come today? Do it for Jesus' sake.